0: How often do we uh, need that reminder of knowing that uh, God truly is uh, our Savior, our Lord, and uh, I don't think we reflect on that enough, but welcome this morning, so glad to see you guys here today. Uh, It's our Sunday before Thanksgiving celebration, I bet many of you have a lot of detailed plans, some of you have... uh, a lot of preparation to do this week, and so, so uh, just to enjoy the week and the time and the thought of giving thanks to God. You know, I have a lot to be thankful for. You notice the introduction page behind us. Some of you might recognize that, that building. Uh, that building is the first building of Garrison Baptist Church, and uh, some years ago, uh, a lot of good people came together and said, you know what, we need a church in our community. We we need a place to come to worship, to reach the community, to witness to people, to share about Jesus Christ with them. And they came together and uh, they started Garrison Baptist Church. And this was the first building. Well, they met in the school, Garrison School, but this is the first building that was on this piece of property that uh, the church met in and worshiped in. And so... Uh, I'm thankful today for my church family, and I wanted to share that with you today. Uh, listen, I've learned so much from you being your pastor. Uh, I've, I've learned uh, how to trust in the Lord, how to uh, seek Him for His wisdom and His guidance. And I've learned what it is to be affirmed and encouraged when you needed that support from a family. And so I'm so thankful for our church family. Uh, you know, I thought I'd just give you guys a minute, just real quickly. Does anybody have something that you're thankful for that you just want to share real quickly? Anybody? Hey, I'm thankful for life. Amen. Amen. Certainly we are. Anybody else have a family? Hey, Amen. That's a great one. I'm thankful for that building. That's why I it. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. That's great, isn't it? Amen. Anybody else have? Yes, ma'am. Salvation, absolutely. Greatest gift any of us can ever receive is the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing small about our God. He is great and awesome. Amen. 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 There you are. Amen. Amen. All right. Somebody else real quick. I'm thankful for what? Yes, ma'am. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's right. I heard somebody else. Amen. That's right. You know, like the church family, you know, looking back at my life, when I was a kid, you know, different churches, every time something's been missing, it's been revealed about people's church. God has applied that. That's right. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Thank you for all the wonderful people that are in this church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, G. Amen. Amen. That's true. Amen. We do. Uh, Amen. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Thank God for our Christian families. All right, then. Well, I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles into Joshua chapter 6. And I want us to continue in our journey with Israel as they go in and possess God's promises in the land that he promised to them. You know, they're across the river now and they're encamped by the city of Jericho. And uh, in ancient times, Jericho was one of those fabled cities that was just a monumental feat to what they could construct in those days. But Jericho to Israel was the first great challenge it was going to face in, uh, in its uh, taking of the promised land. And so, uh, here was Joshua and the nation of Israel. They were across the Jordan. They were encamped, and, and they were looking. Joshua was looking at this great city. Uh, now, some of the excavations going on today in Jericho really show what an imposing city that Jericho was in ancient times. Uh, some believe that the walls of the city were about 60 feet high. Now, we don't think about that very much today, but listen—that's an amazing feat uh, and 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 a, and a massive wall in front of the children of Israel. Some uh, think that the walls themselves were thirty feet wide, that they could actually pass two chariots on the top of the wall going around Jericho. Uh, and inside that that great city, not only was uh, the um, uh, the uh, Effect of it's outside, but those strong military presence inside. Now, Israel at that particular time wasn't a formable military foe. I mean, look, they didn't have a lot going for them. They didn't have, even in those days, the latest weapons. Uh, After all, look, they'd been in slavery for 400 years, and for the last 40 years, they'd been wandering in the wilderness. They hadn't taken time to develop an army or... Uh, get proficient at battle or any of those things. And so they didn't train their army. And so here they were. They were looking at this great city. And I'm sure in their minds was the question, how? Have you ever asked that question? How, God, are you going to do this? Or how are we going to deal with this? Uh, It's a big question for most of us in our life, isn't it? How? Sometimes we ask that why question, you know, or why, Maybe Israel's asking that same question. Why do we have to fool with this thing? You know, or why do we have to even concern ourselves? But they had some options. And they could have, you know, chosen different options. One of the options that they had was to just meet this thing head on. Uh, God said that this land belonged to them and all the cities in that land. And so by faith, they knew that they were going to possess it. So they could have just met it head on like they did. Another option that they could have took, they could have just avoided Jericho altogether. A lot of other land around Jericho, they could have went around and and just kind of bypassed Jericho. But the problem with that is that, you see, Jericho would always be a threat. There would always be a stronghold in the midst of the children of Israel. Uh, There would be a division in in the, the, the family of God. There would be... You see, part of the tribes settled on the east side of the Jordan, and and so the rest were on the west side of the Jordan, so there'd be this this division between the nation. Uh, And so if they avoided that very thing, uh, then they would never be united together. Uh, And another option that they could have taken was just to turn around and go back. You know, when you, when you think about those options, you know they're, 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 they're kind of our thought process today about some of the problems we face, aren't they? I mean, sometimes when we face problems, we see it, and we just meet it head on. And we deal with it, and we go through that process, and we go through the struggle or the pain or whatever it is, and we keep moving forward. But, you know, I've noticed in my own life when I ignore those problems, when I try to bypass those problems or go around those problems or those struggles or difficulties or hard decisions, they always get worse. Have you noticed that? I mean, you know, out of sight, out of mind, right? But the problem is that doesn't work. Uh, And so we have to be careful about that very thing. Israel couldn't go around Jericho and just leave it behind because it would always be there. It would always be a thorn in their flesh. It would always be a struggle for them. And then to deal with it later is always worse than deal, dealing with it in the beginning, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they could have turned around. You know, we, we sometimes we face problems. We run the other direction. Uh, we turn our, our backs on what we need to do and... We, we, just, we just run away in another direction. And that has its problems in itself. But we all have to deal with those struggles that are in front of us. But the good news is that God has a word for us, a lot of words for us in our times of struggle. He's got a lot of principles and things that we can glean from the Bible that help us understand how to deal with these things. And I want you to see some of those things with me as we look at this uh, chapter 6 in the book of Joshua. How did God's people deal with that big obstacle that was in front of them? How did they overcome? It's what we want to be, and it overcomers in life. We want to be able to stand for Jesus Christ, and we want to be able to meet those challenges in our life, and we want to be able to overcome in those challenges. The biggest obstacle that you and I ever face or ever have faced, some of you have faced it and, and we've overcome through Jesus Christ and that's our sin problem, isn't it? Um, that, that big thing, you know, how do we deal with our rebellion against God, our sin against God? And the Bible says, for by grace we have been saved through faith. And so we deal with that big problem by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's trusting Him, it's repenting of our sins, it's turning from unbelief to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to invite Him into our lives as our Lord and Savior. And then from there on, it's just a series of other things. And so how do we deal with those? Listen to what the Bible says. I know it's a lot of verses, but uh, again, it's, it's hard to divide these passages in Joshua and not get at all a lot of its repetition that, that Joshua has. But listen to what he says, beginning at verse 6. Uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up before the children of Israel. Uh, None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its kings and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, and shall go around the city once. This um, you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. And then Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And then the armed men went before the priests and blew the trumpets, and and the rear guard came after the ark, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And now Joshua had commanded the people, saying... You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, and then you shall shout. And so he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around at once. And then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And then seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn's, before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, which the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to camp, and so they did six days. But it came to pass for the seventh day, that they arose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times. In the same manner, on that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets, and Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given us the city. And now the city shall be doomed by the Lord for destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live. <coughs> She and all who are in uh, with her in in the house because she did because she hid the messengers that we sent, and you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed with when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it, but all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. That they come into the treasury of the Lord. And so the people shouted, with the priests, blew, blew the horn, the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great voice, that the wall fell flat, down flat. And then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. Man, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword, but Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and from there bring her out the woman and all that she has, as you swore to her, and the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had, so they brought out all her relatives, and left them outside the camp of Israel. But the burned city but they burned the city, and all that was in with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasure of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot and her Father's household and all that she had, so she dwelled in Israel in this day to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy on Jericho, and then Jericho and then Joshua charged them at this time, saying, "Cursed is the man before the Lord who ri- rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up the gates." And so the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. Bow with me if you wouldn't. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for the testimony of your word this morning. Lord, help us to realize the truth that's in your word today. It'll bring us closer to you. Father, help us to glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Listen, I want you to think with me just for a moment about the circumstances that Israel was facing this big challenge before them, what were they going to do? Uh, Let me give you some, maybe some insight into uh, their response to what they were facing. First of all, I think Joshua led them, and Joshua was a great leader. And I think he led them to help understand what their responses needed to be. First of all, uh, if you look with me in verses uh, 1 through uh, 2, I want you to understand that they acted... On His promises. If we're going to be successful and if we're going to overcome, we have to act on the promises of God. Uh, our response to our struggles or our uh, opposition or our adversity in life uh, always has to be in relation to God's promises. Uh, we have to act based on His promises. You know, look at verse uh, 2 with me, if you would, just for a minute, uh, and listen to what it says. In the Lord said to Joshua. There was a conversation, an ongoing conversation that Joshua was having with the Lord. Uh, and in those ongoing conversations, Joshua was receiving things from the Lord. You know, when when we think about that as believers, we understand that to be revelation, right? That we get a revelation from God, or God reveals something to us in his speaking or his communication with us. And that's certainly what Joshua was getting. He's not wasn't a stranger to God revealing things to him. As a matter of fact, if you look back in these first six chapters alone, there's nine times the Bible says that God spoke to Joshua or God said to Joshua. So he was used to hearing the voice of God and responding to that voice. And so there was this, this thing about revelation. Now listen, revelation is important to you and I if we're going to solve these complex things that happen in our life. We, we need a God who understands. A God who has infinite knowledge and wisdom, who created everything and then brings to bear that understanding and knowledge to our life. And, and it comes to His revelation to us. Now, let me give you some things about, this, that's about revelation. I'm not talking about the, necessarily the Word of God. All that, that's where we get our revelation from. Uh, and, and I understand and I believe with all my heart that God's Scripture and the Word of God is in Aaron. There's no error to it. It's, it's infallible, that it's trustworthy, that it's believable. And we ought to see it and guard it in that way in our, in our thoughts and in our heart. And so, but, but what I want you to think with me about is, what do we take out of His Word that helps us in life today? First of all, revelation has a purpose. In other words, God has something to say. And God says it in His Word. God has, listen, God has something to say on every subject that exists. Uh, God's word is sufficient for us in the sense that it, it'll give us wisdom in understanding the things that we need to know. You know, we, we really in the society and the culture and the generation we live in today, we're facing a lot of really hard problems, a, a, lot, a lot of really different kind of thinking. and the word of God addresses those things and it emerges with the truth about what we need to know and so when Joshua went went to to God he got this word that God gave him about the situation they were in and God told him how to solve it he said Joshua here's what you do uh, in this particular instance here's what I want you to do uh, in the situation that you're in Uh, I hope you've had the blessing of being able to go to God's Word." And find in that word what God wanted to say to you about the circumstances that you were in. If you hadn't done that, then you're missing a blessing. You see, God always has something to say. Another thing about revelation is God reveals the unknown to us when He gives us revelation. The word revelation itself means an uncovering, it means an exposure. Uh, so when we have these complex issues, problems, struggles, uh, adversity, whatever it is, uh, trials in our lives, that God wants to uncover something to us and show us something that we we probably don't know. We need to know. In other words, God has a plan for our lives today. God, God has a way out. If we, If you're stuck somewhere right now... And you're struggling with whether you're stuck, where you're stuck right now, God has a way out. He's got a plan to get you out of where you are or, or, and take you to somewhere uh, that He wants you to be. And so He's constantly revealing to His children if we'll seek Him with all of our heart, He, he reveals to us a plan, a way out. There, Joshua was gazing at Jericho, and He's, you know, hey, He's human. He's probably looking at that city and saying, oh, wow, how's this going to happen? And you know what? God told him how it was going to happen. He spoke to him and said what he said to him. Revelation is 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 reveals the unknown. God does have a plan. Another thing that Revelation does is that Revelation is, is, is to the point. In other words, God, God doesn't beat around the bush when he talks to us, does he? Have you noticed that in the Bible? I mean, it's... Matter of fact, isn't it? He, he doesn't come around the back door and, and explain a lot of things sometimes. He just says, this is it. I love when the Bible says, thus saith the Lord. I mean, I mean, God's to the point. You, you see, in this story alone, this big feat that was about to happen, God was going to do something incredible, and he described it to Jericho pretty, pretty succinctly uh, in, in short order. He says, this is what you're going to do, and you need to do it. And so often, <coughs> God just gets down to business, doesn't he? I like that, don't you? I mean, Lord, just give it to me and lay it out here and, and, and let me know what it is, and, 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 and let's move forward. Uh, and, and so he does that. You know, another thing about Revelation also is that Revelation changes our understanding through truth. Through truth. That God reveals the truth to us, and he changes what we believe or what we understand. And so he certainly did that. You know, Jericho, uh, if Joshua would approach Jericho in his own understanding, he'd say, wow, you know, we may be here for a while. <laughs> right? uh, this siege of this city may be for a while. Uh, but that wasn't God's plan, was it? Seven days. Seven days was God's plan. And he showed that to, to, to Joshua. And in that seven days, that that revelation changed his understanding. We're not going to be here a long time. We're going to be here seven days. And then we're going to move on. You know, And so there's a need for revelation. But you know, if you look a little bit further in verse 2, uh, there, there's, there's another thing. Not, not, not only do we need revelation from God... But also, there's this thing called illumination. Listen to what he says in verse 2 again. He says, Now, uh, he says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, see, I've given Jericho into your hands. You see, that's illumination. It's one thing to hear from God, but we need that understanding from God, don't we? He said to, to, to Joshua, He said, Now look, Here's the plan. Here's the information. I'm speaking to you. I want you to understand what I'm saying to you. Now the good news about you and I today is that we have a special blessing from God. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in us bears witness of our spirit that where he is, but it also leads us he leads us into the truth as it as it identifies with the word of God. And so we, we need to understand what God is saying. Now, listen, when, Jer- when God was speaking to Joshua and he was looking at Jericho and God was saying, hey, this is how it's going to happen. Look, I want you to realize what Joshua was saying wasn't a, a, a captive city. It wasn't a defeated city at all, but, but it was a city well fortified. And so Joshua needs this understanding of how this thing's going to happen, and so God begins to un- un- unravel or unveil or unfold to his mind what- what's going to happen. right? A lot of times we'll read the Word of God and we'll see something and it really doesn't mean that much, or it really doesn't pierce us, or it really doesn't you know, have that seem to have relevance to it. But all of a sudden, maybe another day or another month, or another set of circumstances, all of a sudden that Word of God begins to uncover itself, illuminate itself, or illuminate our way in God's path. And so that's what was happening with, with, um, <clears throat> with Joshua. You, you see, revelation accompanied by illumination leads to confirmation. Confirmation is faith. You see, hearing from God and understanding what God's saying, all of a sudden begins to create in us faith, belief. Joshua saw Jericho as him already possessing Jericho. He saw Jericho as something that already belonged to the nation of Israel. That that collapse had already happened in his understanding. See, God says, see... See that I've already given Jericho into your hands. You see, when we trust the promises of God and understand them, then we're living as, as as children of promise, and so whatever God says is going to happen, we just live like it's already happened. You see, I just want to live here on this earth like heaven's my home. Like I'm I'm there. I mean, I'm not there, but... In God's mind, I'm there. and God's understanding, I'm there. and God's decree, I'm there. And so I'm, I'm there. Nothing can stop that. And so that's what J- Joshua was seeing through that very thing. And then you know what happens after we get some revelation and a little bit of illumination? There better be some application. We better do it. And so what did Joshua do? He said, come on, guys. We've got... Seven days of this thing, this process that we're going to do. We we know what we need to do, and we understand what we need to do. Now we believe what we need to do, and now we're going to do what we need to do. That's what happened with Joshua and the nation of Israel. And all of a sudden, they began to follow what God had planned. Joshua got to the place of faith. And so he responded. You see, we, we need to realize we need to act on the promises of God. You know, another thing that we need to do also, if we're going to be overcomers, is that we need to follow the program, right? I, I mean, look, if we get this word from God, we understand what this word is, then we, we just need to follow the program. No shortcuts, right? right? No no. Five days around Jericho. That wouldn't have sufficed, God. But we need to follow the program. Now, think about it just a minute. Here's the battle plan. God says, Joshua, here's the deal. You're going to line up all the people. They're going to march around the city one time for six days. Uh, There's going to be some priests. They're going to blow the horns. They're going to do all that. And then you're going to march around the city for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to march around the city seven times. I did the math on that, and I'm thinking six days and seven times on the seventh day, that's 13. Maybe that's where we got our thoughts about lucky 13. Huh? But, but 13 times they'd march around the city. And then on that, that last time, they, that, they would blow the horns and people would shout. And and all these things, all, all the city walls that would fall, they would collapse, utterly collapse. Now, <laughs> I think with me just for a minute. Joshua goes to the nation of Israel and says, Here's what we're gonna do, here's our battle plan. Right? We're gonna do this. I don't know about you, but I you know, I know what I've read in the Bible about how the Israelites behaved in the 40 day, forty years of, of the wilderness journey, and how they complained and disbelieved and all that. But I'm thinking, if I go to them with a battle plan like that, I'm thinking about, wow, are they going to buy into that? You know, a lot of times as a pastor, you come and you, you want to challenge your church, and you wonder, are they going to buy into that? Really? You, you see, we follow the program, even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> If God gives us the plan, we follow it even if it doesn't make sense. Now I can imagine that that this plan of victory might not have been too popular with the people. I don't know. But you know, I also understand what the mind of God is, what the Bible says about that. You know. Isaiah said this about God. He says, For my thoughts, God's speaking through Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes God just does things different than we think he ought to. Paul writes in the New Testament about that same thing. He says, But God has chosen The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Sometimes God does things to bring glory to Himself. Beyond our understanding. Be, be, beyond our capacity, and so we just—what do we do? We stay with the program, right? Follow him. We—we we, listen. Sometimes we just—you know—we follow God if we don't understand. But let me give you a second thing: we follow till we believe. Till we believe. Well, <laughs> now think about it just for a minute. I mean, here they go. First day. Can you imagine the conversation as they're walking together? I mean, come on! I, I don't know how long it took them to walk around Jericho, but it, it, a lot of people, it took a long time. And and they're just like we are. They have conversations, and maybe they're having a conversation. And they're saying, "How crazy is this? You know? You ever thought about how, how crazy is it? What in the world are we doing out here? We 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 need to conquer this city and." What are we doing? We're marching around it. I don't know. Maybe the second day they, I don't know, that conversation, what a waste of time, right? Don't we have better things to do? Shouldn't we be gathering up food? We're not getting manna anymore, so shouldn't we be out trying to pillage for some food? Don't we have better things to do than just, I don't know, marching around it? Maybe the third third and fourth day, maybe it begins to settle in with them. Maybe they begin to think, well, who knows what might happen. Maybe this thing isn't so crazy. And maybe about that fourth and fifth day or fifth and sixth day, they said, you know what, I'm believing it's going to happen. That this, this what God says is really going to happen. And then there they were on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath lap, and all of a sudden, today's the day. The conversation. Today's the day. It's going to happen. You see, they just kept on going in God's plan until, uh, 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 listen, until their faith caught up with their feelings. <laughs> now, sometimes we're like that, aren't we? we? We feel. And sometimes our feelings are contrary to our faith. But let me tell you, if we believe long enough, if we do the right thing long enough, then all of a sudden... God will bring together those feelings and and they'll they'll support our faith our faith and so you just follow till till you come around right have you ever been there before have you ever been so stuck in something for so long that you just pressed on and pressed on and pressed on and all of a sudden, there it was. The night turned into day. And the despair turned into hope. And victory. And that's what happened with Israel. You see, because they followed the program. You know, sometimes we get discouraged as believers. But what do we need to do? We need to get back and follow the program. Pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, last thing, real quickly. Is that if we're going to be overcomers, we need to consider our future prospects, right? I mean, Israel had to look past Jericho. They, if they got stuck on that one thing, just Jericho, they'd never move past it. I mean, it would be so consuming to them that they just couldn't get, get by. And so they had to think about what was going to happen after Jericho fell. After the walls, after the city was theirs, what were they going to do next? You see, we as believers, we always have to be upward and forward looking. Because God, God's moving His plan along. We get stuck somewhere. We've got to pick our heads up and move on. And so they they considered their prospects. He gives about three examples, and one of those that he gives is is about the cursed things. You you see, he kind of inserts these into the story because they're relevant, but but maybe not so directly, but he'd warned them about not taking certain things out of the camp that don't do that because that's wrong, you see. And, And so what Joshua was trying to get them to understand is that 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 we better listen to God. In other words, what we should listen to him and respond to him in obedience. Uh, another one was was Rahab. You see Rahab was the one that when the spies went into the city and they were surveying the city for Joshua that they were almost caught but they ran into the house of Rahab and she protected them, she hid them out uh, until they could escape from the city and so as a part of that, he, they made an agreement with Rahab. Hey, if we come in and take this city, we're going to spare you and anybody that's in your house and all your stuff. And so what happened when the time came is Joshua honored their commitment to her. You see, she was delivered by faith. Delivered by faith. Every time you and I are going to be delivered by our faith in God. It's trusting Him. Our relationship begins with God in faith. Our deliverance begins with God in faith. And it continues that same way. The just shall live by faith. Rahab's that example. So our future prospects with God hinge on our faith in Him. Our our trusting Him, our confidence in Him. our, Our following that plan that He's laid down for us. And then another one was the, the statement that Jer, that Joshua made about Jericho and about rebuilding Jericho in verse twenty six. In other words, Jer, uh, Joshua says that whoever re- tries to rebuild this city is going to is going to do it by the by the pains of their family. I, I mean, it's basically a curse on rebuilding Jericho. And, and look today to this day, Jericho hadn't been re- rebuilt. Never was. In that sense that it was in in Joshua's day, and so it has to do with heeding those warnings of God, you know we're going to go into a future and there's going to be all kinds of opportunities and all kinds of pressure in our culture today for you and I to cave in and and to stop following God and follow the world. Well listen, there's a problem with that uh and 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 that's the struggle that we're going to have, and God warns us of those things to be faithful to Him. And so our future prospects are best served in the kingdom of God when we're faithful to God and when we trust Him. Act on His promises. Follow the program and consider our future prospects as we serve God. if we'll do that, we'll overcome We'll see those barriers, those adversities, those enemies, all fall under the power of our mighty God. Bow with me if you would, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful again today for the truth and the understanding of your word today. Lord, we know how mighty and how how powerful you are to save and deliver. We see it in the testimonies of the, of the Bible. We, we experience it in our lives. Fathers, we give thanks today and, and this week to come. Those thanks are appropriate because of your faithfulness. That each one of us, Lord, have a testimony. Of how through Jesus Christ we've overcome We've gone through pain and loss and hurt and opposition and adversity. And in all those things, we become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus our Lord. That you always lead us in triumph. And for that, we give you thanks today. But I'm just praying for some here this morning who are facing... A Jericho of their own life. Just something that seems to be too big to overcome. Too strong to break through. But Lord, this battle belongs to you. It's yours. Oh Lord, you fight for us because we're your children and we belong to you. So Lord, I just pray for a victory today. And, Lord, I just want to thank you again for calling us together as a church family and giving us the strength that we have as we hold each other up. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you would, as we close the stand. Stand this morning. <clears throat> we, uh, <clears throat> as we sing a verse of invitation this morning, it might be that... You need to hear from the Lord this morning that there's just a word of encouragement or a word of clarity that you need from God. You just feel like something might be missing or something that you need or something that you're facing that seems to be, be so, so big that you just can't get by it. As a matter of fact, it may be that you feel like you're going to run away or, or, or just push it out of your life. Well, it's not possible. But God gives us the victory. He gave Israel a, an impressive victory in a seven-day period. God overcame a great enemy that they had. I, I believe He's the same today. he was then I believe he has the same desires for us and so maybe today that that victory is going to start for you here at this altar just come to the Lord and say Lord here's here's where I'm at how can I go forward what do you want to say to me Lord I want to hear from you Uh, whatever that heart's cry might be this morning as we sing these uh, verses of this song it's an invitation for you to come and cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Today you can do that. Maybe that you're here this morning and you see that God is our salvation. He was Israel's salvation in Joshua's day and he's our salvation today. Jesus Christ died for our sins. The Bible says for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Scripture says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, it's our, our, our trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that He died for us, uh, that makes that gift of salvation real to us. So maybe you're here this morning and you've never believed in Jesus Christ that way. trusted Him as your personal Savior. And you want to do that today. I'll be up front. I'd really love to share with you uh, how you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive Him as your Savior today. We're going to sing uh, some verses and it might be your Jericho time for you to come.